you know, when Jesus was saying that he was using uh, the Greek word for nations, it's, it's not the political nations we have today, like, you know, uh, Togo or Ghana or the United States. Um, it's, 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 it's rather ethnic groups. The word there in Greek is ethne. Uh, and, and Jesus was saying uh, t- we need to take the gospel to all the people groups, all the language groups of this world, and he is with us to the very end of the age. And when we think about that, then we realize that we still have a huge unfinished task. We still have much of the work to be done uh, because, you know, he comes back to this. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 14, he says that, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached or proclaimed as a testament to all nations, and then the end would come. And so I, I think I know why the end hasn't come, because there is still, there we have so many people around the world uh, who have not heard. And, you know, I have some statistics uh, up here. Well, I don't know if the, uh, they're trying to work on our slides. So. Uh, but, but there are some statistics that I, I got from the Joshua Project website. And if you have, if you have some time, I'd like for you to take a look at, at, at this uh, website. What this website does is it looks at all the people groups, all the ethnic groups, language groups in the world. And from their estimates, which I got about a week ago, uh, we, we have over 17,291 different language groups, different people groups, 17,000. And of that, there is still 7,292 uh, that have not heard. Now, if we, 253 that have not heard. And that translates to about 41.9% of the world's population. And if we want to actually look at the world's population as, as, back as, as far back as last uh, week, it was about 7.93 billion. That's like the estimates. And when we're looking at the unreached people groups in the world, we're looking at 3.3 billion people, 41.9% of the population. Uh, do not know Christ. And we'll go to the next slide. I actually uh, have a picture of my uh, maternal grandmother. My, my dad and my mom both are first-generation Christians. They both came from worshiping idols. And my dad came to Christ in 1978. But this is uh, my, my grandmother, uh, my late grandmother. She lived to, uh, to be about 92 and ended up passing. Her name is Ahezukpon. And um, the thing that I remember really about her was I remember her, her coming to visit us. Uh, my dad came from the country of Togo, but because of greener pastures and for work, uh, he, never, he had not gotten the opportunity to go to school. Uh, he ended up in Ghana, became a Christian, and started working for the missionaries like the Cobbs and served eight missionary families over a period of 33 years. So my grandmother would come and visit us, and every time she would come, she would come holding, well, she, would, she had two figurines. Uh, one was a male, one was a female. And she, would t- she had that on her cloth, like around with her everywhere she went. And every time she was ready to eat, she would set them down. And she would take, she had bowls that she carried with her. And she would take the choicest part of her food and give it to these figures. And I remember being maybe three, four Five and watching her do this the first day and second day, and then like, I was like, Grandma, what are you, what are you? first when she started? I thought we're like playing house, you know, something like that. And so I confronted her, I said, Why, why are you doing this? She's like, Oh, I'm feeding. She, she, she had twin 
twin um, babies who ended up dying. And in ancestral worship, they still believe that those ancestors are still with you. So you have to treat them as though they're still alive. And there is so much fear that you must take really good care of them. So she takes the best part of the meat and gives it to them. And I confronted her. I said, like, Grandma, no, you gave it to them yesterday. They didn't eat it. It was still in the bowl. And you're, you're going to do it again today. Like, no, I, I want that. And, and she, she looked at me and she laughed and said, oh, you, you, you just don't know. And, and, and it, it just goes to tell how the, the devil blinds the eyes of the world. Where there is truth, we don't see truth. Where there is falsehood, we lift up as, as truth. And, you know, we spent a long period of time trying to get her to come to Christ. And unfortunately, she still, out of fear, could not make a decision. She was afraid. She, she said, if I end up dying and go, go to the ancestral world, my ancestors will punish me for leaving the faith of my fathers. And when I think about the unreached people, when I think about the unfinished tax, when I think about the unreached world, that is what like, comes to my mind. Knowing that uh, my grandmother, who I loved, because she chose not to make a decision for Christ, doesn't get to make it to heaven. And so as a minister, as a servant of God, it's my passion that people that I encounter will not be like my grandmother that they would have an opportunity to make a decision for Christ, that they would be able to make it uh, to heaven. And, and, and so that is what, when we talk about, you know, our calling as, 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 as people who are on mission for God, that is what we need to be thinking about. And our main text this morning is from the book of Acts. And this is at the tail end of, 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 of Paul's ministry. In fact, it's during his third missionary journey. Uh, but, but the record of it is in the book of Acts chapter 15 from verses 19 to 21. And, and it says that by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel. This is Paul speaking. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never heard, have never been told uh, uh, of, 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 of him will see him, and those who have never heard will understand him. This is, this is, this is Paul's passion. You know, he's one who, who took the gospel of Christ seriously. When he encountered Jesus on his way to, to destroy the, 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 the early church in, in, in Damascus, while he was on his way, when he encountered Jesus, Jesus tells him in, in, in the book of, of Acts chapter 9, verses 15, that he will take Jesus' gospel to the Gentiles and their kings and to all of Israel. And, and, and that, that was one thing that Paul was passionate about. He was willing to be shipwrecked. He was willing to be beaten. He was willing to be thrown in jail. He was willing to, to, to suffer, to go through pain because he knew that, that, that this was what God's mission was. We have been given a great commission. We have we have been brought into a co-mission with God to, to bring this gospel, this, this, this good news to, to the nations of this world. And, and so when we look at it and we think about it, we realize that there is, there is still a lot of work to be done. We're looking at 40% of the world that has not heard, they've not had an opportunity to make a decision for, for Christ. And when we talk about you know, going to different people groups where we, 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 we go, we, we, there is a missiological term that is used and it is, we, we, the, the, there is a term, the 1040 window. 
The 1040 window, uh, it, it has, you look at latitude 40 and latitude 10, and if you put those nations that are there together, and we're looking at uh, the Middle East, we're looking at North Africa, we're looking at parts of uh, China, we're looking at Russia, we're looking at India, you would find two-thirds of the world's population on rich population there. And, and so there is like a big push to reach out to these people groups, these language groups, these over 7,000 who have not heard. They've not had an opportunity to make a decision for Christ. And when you look at um, a, a quote from the Frontiers magazine, the, the November-December 2002 issue, it says that anyone can open a door and walk through it, but only a locksmith can deal with a locked door. Missions is locksmithing new groups. Once the lock is opened, which takes a very special skill, Expanding the number of churches is, by comparison, a relatively simple task. And, and so we, we realize, you know, that, that this locksmithing, this process of going to unreached groups, it, it involves being intentional about, you know, learning a language, learning a culture, learning to eat the food of the people, going to a place that is foreign to you. Also, that the people who do not know about Christ would come to know him. It, it, it involves using our skills and our talents, the, the, the things that God has placed in us, using, uh, even becoming tent makers, maybe using our skills of teaching, whatever it is, we, God enjoins us to be part of this calling to, to reach out to the people groups. And there are three things, I believe, when we look at scripture, it tells us that we are, we are all to do. All of us are missionaries, whether you are told that or not, we are, because we have been sent to do this in fact, the Great Commission, the word go is not translated as it is. It is. It's actually a participle. It, 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 it actually means as you are going, make disciples of all nations. So what does that mean? It means that as you are going to school, as you are going to the, your workplace, as you are going to the, the, the market, the pharmacy, you should be intentional thinking about that brother, that sister, the, breath, the person around you, wondering if they have been able to, they've, they've been They've gotten the opportunity to make a decision for Christ. And there are three things I believe all of us can do. And I just want to challenge you this morning because we need to respond to this call of mission. The first thing I, wa I want us to, uh, the three things is, is first that we have been called to pray. Uh, the second is, is that we've been called to, to send and to go ourselves. And then finally, we've been called to, uh, to, 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 to give uh, or to support. And so the first, the first thing we have been called to pray. When we look at Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 to 38, he, he, he says, he says that, and, and, and he said to his disciples, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Look, Jesus is the one who is calling us, but he's asking us to ask God, to ask the Father to pray, to, to bring our request before God. And so all of us have been called uh, to, to respond to this mission that requires a response to our call to prayer. All of us are supposed to pray. We know that prayer moves mountains. Prayer moves God. Things that seem impossible through prayer are, 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 are turned around. And when I look at our situation in, in, in Tamale, when we moved there and we wanted to start a church, we had to start by praying. We, we spent many, many years, uh, you know, praying about it, going on our knees. And, you know, we accomplish a lot on our knees than we do standing. 
when we go to God in prayer, the, God, God, God comes into the situation and he, he turns that situation around. And uh, as, as I look back on Tamale, we've had that church, uh, uh, we started it about eight years ago, but we spent time praying over the city, going from house to house, praying with people, all because we know that as we call on our God who has sent us on this mission, he will give us what we need to accomplish it. And so you and I have been called to do this. We need to be thinking about, 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 about going on our knees and, and, and praying. There are two things under that that I want us to take note of. We must pray passionately for the lost. You, 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 ha- you have an opportunity to, to read about on read groups. We get the book, The Voice of the Martyrs. We, we, we hear of what is happening around the world. And, and, and we see that a lot of people don't have the opportunity we have. And so, yes, we need to be praying passionately for the lost. And sometimes it starts with your family. There might be someone in your family. There might be someone in your community. There might be someone around you who doesn't know about Christ. You go on your knees. You pray for them. But it does not stop there. It goes beyond that because this world is God's world. And all people, it is his desire that people do not perish. But they, come, they have a relationship with, with he who is their Lord and, and, and Savior. And so we need to be praying passionately for the lost, but we also have to be praying purposefully for the nations. These ethnic groups, these 7,253 that have not heard, they've not gotten that opportunity to, 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 to make a decision. We might spend time praying over them. And I have, I have uh, some pictures um, uh, uh, on, uh, about you know, what, what prayer is able to do. Uh, one of the pictures I have is, is with a lady, Mama Ai. Mama Ai, uh, we love her so much. When we moved to Tamale, we started, we bought land and we were trying to work on our church building. And she was one of the women we encountered. We encountered her in 2015. Um, actually, even before that, so I think 2014, we encountered her. We were working and, you know, Muslims marry more than one wife. In fact, they marry f- up to four. And she was the second wife to her husband. And most of the time, the women have to struggle and suffer to take care of the children because the men don't. And, and, and so whilst, when we were working, she came and she wanted to do some of the manual labor, carry water for us and uh, get paid so she could take care of her, her family. And I, I remember spending time talk, talking to her and telling her, we're building this church because of you. We, we're building it because she's like, no, I, I want nothing to do. I, you, know, I, you know that I'm a Muslim. I can't leave Islam and, and become a Christian. I said, well, but you need to be able to make a decision. It's like, whoa, what, my family, they, 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 they will not allow me. They will turn on me. I said, I know that, but I'll be praying for you. So we continued praying for her. We would continue spending time with her. We would, she would come sometimes, and then sometimes we would not even see her. About two years ago, um, she comes to our house, and she, say, she tells me, I have been struggling to sleep. I can't sleep at night. I have bad dreams, uh, almost as though something wants to to, to, to kill me, and there, there are all kinds of bad forces in, in Islam. They bewitch each other and, and all of that. And I, I told her, I'll pray with you, and I know Jesus would give you a restful sleep, but recognize that it's not magic. You need to have a relationship so that you can have that freedom that is in, in him. So finally, uh, she, she, we prayed. She went to bed early in the morning, around 5.36. She was at our home. She said, I had the best night of sleep. I said, great. But are you ready to receive Jesus as Lord? Oh, not really. We continued to pray. Two months later, she came boldly and said, I am ready. After eight years. And on the day of her baptism, she 
got baptized with her son, who is wearing a fine Ohio State shirt, as you can see. Um, but but it, it, it goes to tell what happens when we pray. Sometimes you might feel like that person is not listening, but God is working. And when the time is, is, is right, God is able to turn things around very quickly. The next picture we have uh, is actually also of uh, this, this brother. His name is Baba. He had a lot of fetish uh, idols in African religion. They, they, they have all kinds of talismans and, and voodoo, dark magic that they, they use to protect themselves. But he, start, he, he fell sick. And he went from fetish priest to fetish priest, wasn't getting well. Uh, and finally, he gave in and asked one of our church planters to pray with him. By God's grace, he, 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 he got better and he said, I don't want anything to do with these ancestral idols. I want to let go of them. And so you can see in the picture, those were the idols and that's it burning. Like, like, like happened in Ephesus when they, 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 you know, the, the, the people burned their books and, and all those things. that they, they used money to buy these charms to protect themselves. He, he let go of all of that and put his hope in Christ. That is what prayer is able to do. So we've been called to pray purposefully, for, uh, uh, passionately for the lost and purposely over the nations. The second point, we've not only been called to, to pray, but we've also been called to send and, and, and go. And, and, you know, Hudson Teller, who uh, was a missionary to China for over 50 years, and out of his ministry, which is the China Inland uh, Mission, over 20,000 people over time uh, came to, 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 to Christ. Uh, he said that the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. So, so we, are, we are commanded, we are enjoined, we, we are charged to, to, to reach out, to bring this gospel uh, to, 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 to people around us. And it, and it means to, to send others and to go ourselves. And so my question to you is, is are you going? What does that look like in, 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 with, with, with you? How do, how do we respond to that call? For some of us, you know, God has called us to go to these unreached groups, the 1040 window, but it's not for everyone. But as I traveled throughout the United States, one of the things I noticed is that God is bringing the nations here. When I was coming, you know, I flew, flew to Atlanta, the Atlanta airport, and you'd find people from all over the world. They're coming here. They're coming to study. They're coming for business. Some of them are neighbors of, of ours. They play sports with our children. They, they, we, 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 we see them around us. We need to be intentional. Uh, find ways to partner with them. Find ways to help them. Uh, ask them about their story. Uh, when you go to the gas station and you meet that brother and you realize that they are not Christian, try to build a rapport. And, and normally that is what happens. When you build a relationship with them, they, they begin to see you differently and they, they would ask, like, why are you different? Because they expect you to not be nice to them. And the, 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 the fans they have up like it's dropped. And, but a lot of times, we, we, we out of fear are, are unable to, to do that. But the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And we are supposed to use that to glorify uh, himself. Uh, we, we, we see Paul writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. He says that, how then will they call on him uh, in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of, of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We, 
this church, I mean, from all that I've heard this morning, you're supporting Bible schools, you're supporting work in Togo, you are sending people. Great. That is wonderful. That's what needs to to happen. Uh, But sometimes we might have to encourage people around us, maybe a grandchild or a a son who who is passionate about that. You be an encourager. Say, yes, this is great. This is, God wants you to do this and and, and support them in doing that. And and let's look out for ways that we would would be able to equally serve. There is another missionary, a Scottish missionary. Uh, His name is John Keith uh, Falconer. He said that I have one candle of light, life to burn. I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. And so we, we, we are supposed to be light in a world that is dark. And there is so much darkness around us. We need to try to respond to this call to send and to go ourselves, to be tent makers. Maybe you are a teacher. Maybe you are a doctor. Uh, God wants to use that on a short-term trip. Or, or, or maybe even full-time to glorify himself. You, you, we need to be intentional about using those skills that God has given us, willing to go, willing to send others, to support them, to, be, to, to, to bring the gospel of Christ to the unreached. The, final, the third and final thing I want to talk about is that we've been called to support and give. Mission requires a, a, a response to our call to give our time, our talent, and our treasure to support the effort of reaching the lost. And, 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 and this is something that all of us can do. God has given us time. Uh, we, we need to use that to glorify him, to build the church here in El- Albert, but even beyond. Uh, he, he has given us talents and treasures. Maybe you, you are somebody who is really skillful with, 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 with IT. You can help a mission with their, 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 their website. Maybe you are someone who is good at quilting. You can quilt, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, blankets for, for babies overseas or even here. There are so many things God has placed in our hands and he wants to use that to glorify himself. Hudson Taylor again says that God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And when we look at the text, the main text I read uh, from, from Acts chapter 15, the tail end, Paul quotes the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52 verses 15, he says that, So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. We, uh, we, 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 the beautiful thing about all of this, about scripture, is that we know how it ends, right? We know how it ends. The nations come to God. Do you believe this? They do. The nations come to God, and we see this in, in, in Revelation. We see that all the nations gather, and, and the, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 10, it says that, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And carrying out, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. How beautiful that day would be when we would gather with people of foreign tongue and we, we, there, there would be no difference. They, they would speak, we would understand them and the whole reason for our being would be to bring glory to our God because of his love for us. We have, we have that picture. It's been painted for us. We know how the story ends, so we can be part of that story. We can 
we can allow God to use us in order to accomplish this wonderful and beautiful picture to his, his glory. Again, in Revelation chapter 15, 11, verses 15, it says that then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. He has called us. He has empowered us. He's called us to pray, to pray for the nations. And so I want to encourage you to do that, uh, he's, we, that we would pray, you know, passionately for the lost and purposely for the nations. He's called us to, to, to send others and to go ourselves. And, and, and I would like for you to consider what it would look like if you were to, to be going. Uh, how, how can you, you know, reach out to neighbors and friends around you so that they would also come to know Christ? And then finally, he has called us to support and to give, to give of our time, to give of our talent, to give of our treasures. And so if we need to pray faithfully, we need to send and go ourselves passionately, we're supposed to do that. And we are, we're supposed to support and give of all that we have. May God help us to this end, that when we gather before the throne, that, that gathering would be glorious because people who we didn't even think of, people who we didn't consider would be there. And it would be because you prayed. It would be because we went. It would be because we gave. May God bless us. May God keep us. May God sustain us. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the challenge. We thank you for reminding us of your call. You've called us to be missionaries. You've called us to be on mission with you. You've called us to be intentional in prayer. You've called us to look for ways to, 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 to send others and to go ourselves. And I pray that, Lord, you give us the boldness that we'll be willing and ready to go in our communities and even beyond Lord, our communities, to go to places foreign to us, trusting that you would keep your word. You are with us to the very end of the age. I pray that, Lord, you would help us even as we consider how to give off our time, our talent, and our treasure. And I just pray that, Lord, you would bless this church that has been faithfully on mission with you. I pray that, Lord, they would not lose focus. They would not lose sight of your calling. And, Lord, until you come, may we be found faithful. Faithful serving, faithful going, faithful giving. We're so thankful for this time. We praise you. We glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can contact us at our website, firstchurchofchristalkins.com, where you can also find out more. Have a nice week.